and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Patrick Mahomes among the greatest ever. Novak Djokovic, the greatest ever. And Rogers Monday Night Hockey coming up right here on Sportsnet. Blues and Jets take center stage on the day the hockey world says goodbye to Bobby Hall. We'll get you set for the game by breaking down some of the inconsistencies, hitting the Jets, and, and the Leafs for that matters. Austin Matthews and Matt Murray both go down Again, we'll get into that. We'll get into rumors that continue to swirl around the Toronto Raptors. We'll try to separate fact from fiction as some pretty good ball games hit the network tonight. Lakers and Nets with LeBron still stewing and yet also just 117 points back of Kareem's all-time scoring mark taking on a Brooklyn squad that is just 3-6 and six since Katie's injury. We have some breaking news surrounding that that you're going to want to stick around for. That one will be interesting on a couple of different levels. Levels, and we'll get to it in game time. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Jesse, Ale Jesse, I was going to call you Jesse Alexander. That's fine. I'll take it. As a linebacker for the Laurier Golden Hawks, Jesse Alexander, that Love just it. popped into my house. Love I know it. that your last name is Rubinoff, but whenever I bleep up a name, you, I can guarantee you that there is a dude that played somewhere that is that name. That you have. And it. I just did it here. Well, right you there. have it floating around somewhere <laughs> in that. Uh, I have like this limited grain, brain capacity in this massive cranium that I call my head. And when I get new information, more comes out this way. So if, if, you're, if you're pushing more information in, no, you're others is just, oh, no, that's No, true. you're underestimating yourself because you just came up with, the, I mean, all due respect to Jesse Alexander. No idea. No idea who Guarantee, he is. Guaranteeing you an OUA All-Star. Okay, yeah. fine. I will take Guaranteeing it. Guaranteeing an OUA All-Star. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jesse Rubinoff, <laughs> the Thunder at home to Steph Curry and the Warriors. You can see that one on Sportsnet now. And Hawks and Blazers will close it out on Sportsnet 1. Uh, I know a few of the buys are underway in the NHL, but this show still has more to do than the Chiefs team doctors. But we will try our best to tackle it all. Inbounds, of course. I don't know about that, yeah. A shot more unnecessary than this poodle and its owner. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I've the, seen this. Why is the poodle upset? I've seen this. Why That's, is the poodle upset? You know, you know, I have a, a multi-poo. Yeah, you have a, is that a multi-poo? That no, I think that's a, a straight poodle. I think. No, that's not a poodle. Poodles are big. <laughs> oh, it might be a multi poo. That might be I a have, multi poo. No, anyways, but that's what they—that's the sound. Is that, that they a make. shit poo? That's the <laughs> <laughs> shih tzu and a poodle right, mixed right. together. Yeah. What are you thinking? Thing? I'm saying Is over that here. Thing? Shit poo. I just had a mini panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, that's what hold that on, dog was. Hold on a second. Play it one more time. Hold on a half shih tzu, half poodle. Oh, you get goodness. this. <laughs> that's so. Uh, first of all, two things about that video. I, I love the ground. That's the noise that, that Peanut makes when she's Pe aggravated. by Peanut something. is Peanut. your dog, yeah. Yeah, and secondly, that's a karaoke microphone. I have one of those. <laughs> okay. That's right. Yeah, I do. Do you... Do you Amazon. Is that a lap dog? Is that considered a lap dog? Uh, I don't think so, actually. I think they have too much energy. I think a lap dog is just... Kind of dog, small dog, yeah. little dog that chills. I have no yeah. idea that could be a completely incorrect definition. I don't know. Because the next question after that would have been cut or uncut grown-ass man with a lap dog. But I don't know. 
I mean, it's a, it's not my, it's not just my choice. I'm not the only. I'm not the only one, right? That, that is true. It's it's family sh- decision. There, there you go. Shared ownership. There you over go. Exactly. The multi poo. Yeah, love it. Did you, I'm, I'm half Maltese too. Did you know that? I knew that. You've, you've mentioned it a few times. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah just I don't know if I'm a multi poo. Yeah. Well, depends on what I eat. <laughs> All right, let's get this show back on track. Very good. With what everyone is talking about, this Hold is on. first things first. Right. So give me the scoopa, Darren Poopa. Oh. <laughs> that is just it remarkable. Is yeah, yeah. It is a Monday. I'm sorry. What I a way to start it. the week. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take a deep breath so my heart rate just calms down a little bit after that fiasco. Uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl because the matchup is set. It'll be the Eagles and Chiefs in Arizona in two weeks after Philadelphia beat the 49ers and fourth-string quarterback Josh Johnson in Kansas City avenged last year's loss to the Bengals in another thriller at Arrowhead Stadium, not to be confused with uh, Burrowhead. What was your biggest takeaway from the conference championships, Jimmy? There are a lot of layers here, and we know that, you know that, and the way you're phrasing that question allows me to go anywhere, knowing full well that we have a jam-packed show over the next two hours where we'll have a bunch of guests jump in, and you're just kind of laying it up for me, and I appreciate that. We'll get to as much as we possibly can. Dunk it home. Because that's what we do here on Tim and Friends and First Things First, but... I said on Thursday and then doubled down on Fridays with Nate, our segment with Nate Burleson, that if Patrick Mahomes was 90% healthy or less, he was the second best quarterback in the AFC championship game. I was wrong. I was dead wrong. Not only was Mahomes nowhere near 90%, he was far and away the better quarterback on the field as Burrowhead seemed more premature than my love never mind (laughs) my conclusion before the game was in stark contrast to how i feel about mahomes you know this jesse already had a spot in my top five all-time quarterbacks controversial to some but perhaps that spot is about to be cemented if five straight afc championships in five years as a starter wasn't enough He already has a Super Bowl title, a Super Bowl MVP, and an MVP. He's about to add his second MVP to the mantle. If he wins a second Super Bowl, he will become just one of 13 quarterbacks with multiple titles and just the fourth with multiple MVPs and multiple Super Bowls. You know what that list is, Jesse, right now? Enlighten me. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Joe Montana. Those are the only other quarterbacks to do this. And let me remind the homegirls and boys, Patrick Mahomes is 27 bleeping years old. I said last year going into the AFC Championship that I believed that history was on the line for Mahomes, and it still is. I don't know if anyone will ever get to seven and match Tom Brady, but I know this. I have never seen anyone do the things that Mahomes is doing and the performance that you just saw in the AFC Championship on one good ankle against another elite team and quarterback will be a big part of the Hall of Fame induction video. And if he adds another championship to the mix, we can start talking top five all time, maybe top three all time at the age of 27 and who knows where that stops. But I'm just going to enjoy being wrong, an AFC championship for the ages, because this guy is as good as it gets, period. Incredibly well said. And I think you look rather good having uh, Patrick Mahomes in your top five all time based on that performance, because that was 
a top five-ish type performance. Yeah, I said at the time that I was projecting mm -hmm. where he was going to end mm -hmm. up, and I had him at three. And the reason why was we were trying to stir up a little controversy mm -hmm. here. It ended mm -hmm. up getting tweeted out, and no one saw the context of it. But I was projecting, and, and what we saw yesterday was, and correct me if I'm wrong here, though, Jesse, was a guy who everyone knew wasn't even close to 100, never mind 90, never mind 80, get the job done. Mm -hmm. And in the end, when you're a quarterback, the numbers matter. All those records matter. That's why he's going to win an MVP. But winning matters. And when you talk about the greatest of all time, you have to have the wins. And that was as impressive as any one of his wins, given the circumstances, not only to him, but to his receiving core. Mm -hmm. Like everyone in the world knew that Travis Kelsey was the not only real either. good mm -hmm. receiver that he had, mm -hmm. and they still found a way to do it. Like, this is the odds to win the championship game MVP, uh, not necessarily the MVP of the season. Patrick Mahomes, a favorite to win it. But I just thought last night was uh, as good as it gets for any quarterback, and part of the lore of that position is being able to get it done when you're less than 100%. Let me just uh, check. Okay, there's a, there's a lot I want to get to here, and we're going to finish the Mahomes conversation first. So a lot of talk earlier in the week was about Joe Burrow and his record against Patrick Mahomes and their careers. Yeah, Burrow three was 3-0, and yep. right? And then you had the Burrow head situation. Got a lot of people talking. Yeah. And strangely enough, Patrick Mahomes, given everything he's, he's done in his career up to this point, seemed underappreciated somehow. And you knew, you knew that for certain people involved, Mahomes especially, and also his dad, that the victory against Joe Burrow felt just maybe a little bit sweeter after yesterday. Let's have a listen to Patrick Mahomes Sr. after the game. You got a cigar on your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow? I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. How's know? it feel to be headed back to Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my baby boy did what he always do. You know, he going to show up and, and show out. And I'm just glad he did it. <laughs> Burrow obviously smoked a cigar following the divisional round game. And he's been doing it since he won the national LSU. championship game with LSU. So that's... Uh, Pretty funny from Patrick Mahomes Sr. And then, obviously, uh, Travis Kelsey brought the heat. Oh, yesterday. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, by the way, if any athlete ever tells you on a show like this or anything like this that they don't listen to the noise, mm -hmm. remember the Chiefs. Remember the Chiefs, <laughs> yeah. indeed. Because it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes Sr., who, by the way, professional athlete, pretty good player yes. himself. Yes. Uh, with the good Houston on the Astros. mic, too, yeah, evidently. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Speaking of good on the mic. Good on the mic. So the, this, the backstory here is that the, the mayor of Cincinnati had some words about the Bengals and the Chiefs insinuating that Burrow's record sort of made uh, Burrow Patrick Mahomes' daddy. Mm -hmm. Well, Travis Kelsey, as you said, kept the receipts the in a big way. Too, Here's yeah. Kelsey. Oof. I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party! Straight, I mean, that's straight out of my childhood watching WWE. Oh, and, that's uh, a rock, yeah. That's the rock. yeah straight stolen goods, favorite. yeah, without a doubt. So, yeah, he's uh, he's darn good on the microphone. So, obviously, um, the Chiefs... He'll be, he'll, be a, he'll be a wrestler you think for so? a little bit, yeah. He's going to follow in the, the Logan Paul footsteps? Yeah, it's like the Gronk thing. Every, <laughs> that's right. There's a bunch of former NFL players that have done it. They'll try and get him out. Yeah. So, uh, the, to get to that point, though, to get to the podium, 
a lot happened in the game, and a lot happened yeah, in the final minutes, yeah. and a lot was made about the officiating. So obviously in the second last play of the game was the Mahomes scramble, which is so ridiculous that he's mm-hmm. able to, to do that on the ankle, and he gets there, and then obviously you see this penalty from Joseph Asai, 15 yards, unnecessary roughness. There were shots of Asai uh, crying, it appeared to, on the sidelines, and then you get in the post-game scrum, and I want to have you guys listen to what B.J. Hill did with Joseph Asai's post-game scrum. So obviously Asai's taking it pretty hard oh, here. He took it remarkably Remarkably hard. hard. And obviously a huge, huge, pivotal moment in the game. Here's B.J. Hill backing up his teammate in the post-game scrum. I was just in full chase mode, and I was trying to, um, I was trying to push him to maybe um, get him going backwards because I knew he was going for that sideline. I was trying to make him go backwards, get that clock running. But... Um, I, I didn't know. I, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know how far out of bounds we were. But um, how hard is that to kind of maybe kind of not put all that weight on you as you go through this? I mean, it's just it's, it's extremely hard, what? man. Come on, man. I'm sure it's tough. Yeah. I just want to ask him about it. That's a really question, bro. Come on. So that's, in my opinion, being a good team. He was bouncing. He was bouncing. I absolutely love. Listen, you can you can make a boneheaded play and feel sorry for the guy at the Mm. same time. Like you can say that that's a really bad penalty and still feel bad for a guy who was in a spot where I mean he was drafted in the third round. He hurt himself in in preseason last year. Didn't play. All of a sudden was forced into a role and was he played a wonderful game and has played wonderful for this Bengals team for a while. By the way, Mahomes flop was nearly flawless <laughs> on this and made sure that that flag good player came and good out. actor too yeah well, he, he was wonderful throughout but I did listen you can't you can't excuse the penalty it was a penalty <laughs> all day every day and just because it's in that spot you can't not call it and you can also feel sorry for the kid who made the mistake and hopefully will grow from the mistake so there was that call and, and I agree with you most people did obviously think that that was unnecessary roughness. You, you have to call that. But there were other calls in the game oh, that the people made. the referees were terrible. Oh, you think so? Yeah, both games. Both games. Both games, the officiating was not very good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because we see replays of everything or, like, I looked at, and listen, maybe they felt bad for the Niners at one point, but it seemed like the Chiefs got all the calls. And listen, a lot of the calls that you saw, I didn't have a problem. I didn't even have a problem with them replaying third and nine. They were trying to blow the play dead just because they didn't get it stopped because Arrowhead was so loud. Doesn't mean that they weren't trying to blow the play dead and you had to replay. It just seemed like everything went Casey's way. You don't in that say. Game. You don't say. Yeah. Why don't we check the internet and see what happened? <laughs> You don't say, because I think some people agree with you. Obviously, Josiah Johnson weighing in, uh, one of the all-time meme kings, has refs walking into the Chiefs locker room, the classic (laughs) uh, Roy Williams dance going into the University (laughs) of North Carolina locker room there, amazing. Uh, Shooter McGavin weighing in and saying the NFL refs rescuing Mahomes last night, and we got this. <laughs> it's so good. It just doesn't. It just doesn't get any better. So obviously, uh, the majority of the internet uh, thought this. Aside from uh, Bengals fans, who obviously didn't think so, 
Uh, and then Chief you have Chief. this. You didn't think Chance. Yeah, Marcellus Wiley, uh, too much too soon with the <laughs> <laughs> jersey, good, the jersey yeah. swap. I hadn't seen that one. And yet, then yeah. there's this one. Uh, Roger Goodell on his way to tell the refs to call a timeout so the Chiefs can get a 12th down. <laughs> Doing here his he 40. is running the 40 in the NFL <laughs> offense. Well, well, look at Roger move. I know. He was pretty quick there. I remember yeah, that. He barefoot too. Yeah. Tell you that much. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, obviously a lot to come from that game specifically. And then you look on on the other By side. By the way, was that yeah. the only one hoping that Susan from accounting would just like had to walked out and just, just try to? Trip? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was like a, like a scene from the office. Yeah. Uh, so that game, that was a great football game, right? It was awesome. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, listen, I, I feel bad for the Bengals. I do think a lot of those were legit calls. Was there a block in the back, maybe on a return? A hold on the final on the was home there maybe scramble? a hold on the? Yeah, there is a bunch of things that a lot of people pointed to, but. A full mark. I, I honestly thought, like, they out-yarded them. Yeah. They outplayed them. They like, had no yards of offense in the first quarter. Zero. Right. Zero. Like, 110 to zero in the first quarter. Uh, the Chiefs played better, and I, I don't have a problem with the results. Sorry, Bengals fans. Okay, so that's the AFC. And then the NFC, can I just show you what I felt was the most exciting thing to come from the Eagles 49ers game? There wasn't a lot. I mean, the first no. quarter, there was a lot of things to unpack. But I'll, I'll show you. It's okay. Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles. It's his daughter on the post-game podium. Have a watch. <laughs> you know, each game's a little bit different, but it was great to set the tone there um, and get the lead, right, and get the lead and, and put them behind. Taylor, stop it. Taylor, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Sirianni doing very, the dad very impression. Very, very good. Yeah, so nice. I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of things to talk about from the game, none of which are really that exciting to me because once Brock Part pretty got hurt, it was sort of jammed down. And we have Dagan in studio wearing his he's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. He's just You're wearing your Philadelphia Eagles green too, yeah. right? He's I just know yeah. that. Well no, that's I'm unbiased. Okay. D- Dagan is not unbiased. Yeah. Dagan is a Eagles yeah. fan through and through. I don't know if you remember uh, after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Dagan came in here and did a segment with Sid and I mm-hmm. where he couldn't speak. Yeah. Understandable. <laughs> well he's speaking a lot today. We should I'm telling you he's talking well, a lot he's today. He's talking a lot yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get ready for the show because Dagan was telling me yeah. about the third play of the fourth series. Like but it was out of control this here. This just that that's this just sucked. Like I mean, okay, it's me unfortunate. Ask, can unfortunate. I ask a question that is legitimately a question and I'm not trying to be stir the pot, controversial guy. Like does Kyle Shanahan bear any of the brunt of his quarterbacks repeatedly getting hurt and I might go back to I was a fan of Robert Griffin III and Robert Griffin III went back in with Kyle Shanahan as his offensive coordinator and ended up getting hurt never coming back and like he keep he either slept with a football god's significant mm-hmm. other or he doesn't protect his quarterbacks well. It's one of the two. Maybe I'll ask Brock Vereen it. I'll ask you it. I'll ask the audience it. Like, is some of this on Kyle Shanahan? I think Rich Gannon poo-pooed all over this. Yeah, I just look at the play that happened with Purdy, and and that's just a that's just a regular play. Guy got hit on a generic. Okay, hold on one second. Five-step drop, whatever it was. Dagan, who was blocking Hassan Reddick? If you didn't hear Dagan, yeah, but what were the, they supposed to do? That's a the, tight the, end. The defensive front's insane. You, you, you got to do something. I know you got to put. You got to get guys chipping. You got to get guys helping. You got to get guys like. And I don't know if they like. Even Josh Johnson was concussed because. Listen, I think the number was question. seventy sacks on the year for the Eagles, third most yeah, in the crazy. history 
of the NFL. They are a good front. Dagan's giving me the thumbs up, so I think I'm right. They are as good as anyone in the history of the NFL. You need protection when you're down to two quarterbacks left and when you put your fourth one in there. I, I'll ask Brock Vereen. Maybe he, just because he's played in the NFL, he might know a little bit more than your boy Uncle Timmy. Uh, I was going to ask you about uh, the most intriguing storyline, but I- I'm assuming that it would be uh, the Kelsey brothers and Jason Kelsey last night. Yeah. Once the Chiefs won, he tweeted out, officially done being a Chiefs fan this season. So that's pretty cool. I, uh, there's one more that's a little bit of a legacy for me, and mm-hmm. that is Andy Reid. Does he need more than one Super Bowl to cement his legacy? Because when the Eagles fired him for not getting over the hump, when they parted ways, I told Eagles fans, be careful what you wish for. This guy's a really good coach. Then they went and won another Super Bowl. Doug Peterson, now they're back with Nick Sirianni. Right. Pretty amazing. And Andy Reid's got one, but he's got all these AFC championships. And, the, and the, the tag against him in Philadelphia was that he couldn't win the big one. I think he's a really good head coach. I wonder how much he needs this, especially against the team that let him go because he couldn't mm-hmm. win the big game. Hard to win, too, when Brady and Belichick had, uh, well, Brady has seven. I so. was there. You had Donovan McNabb and yeah. Carol Owens <laughs> yeah. throwing Donovan McNabb under the bus. He, fl- he flexed <laughs> last night. Some great play calling. Um, obviously, we'll continue to talk about I'm the Super Bowl matchup uh, throughout the next two weeks before the big game Only Sunday in Arizona. Two weeks. Uh, let's go to hockey now. Uh, just one game in the NHL tonight. The Jets host the Blues on Rogers Monday Night Hockey. You can see it on SportsCenter at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central Time. It's Winnipeg's final game before the All-Star break. And the Jets have lost three straight, including a 4 nothing loss to the Flyers on Saturday as Connor Hellebuck got pulled for the first time this season. Meanwhile, sticking with netminders, the Leafs' Matt Murray will be out until after the All-Star break in the Leafs' bye week as well after he was scratched from his scheduled start Friday against the Sens with an ankle injury. The Leafs lost 6-2 to Ottawa, but bounced back in a big way on Sunday with a 5-1 win over the Capitals. Murray has struggled with injuries for the last few seasons. How concerning is this latest setback? I mean, it's, it's one of your goaltenders. Samsonov's been good. I will throw this out. Joseph Wall with the Marlies. I know that there are others wondering who would get the call up. Would it be Shalgren again? Joseph Wall was injured to start the year. He spent some time with the Leafs last year. He was okay in his time with the Buds. Uh, in, in the minors, in the AHL this year, he was named to the All-Star team and is 12-1 and with a 2 uh, 46 goals against average and a 928 save percentage. So he, he's been very good. And I wonder if they'll give him a shot with the big team. Can I throw another name out there? Because mm-hmm. just last week on this show, Elliot Friedman walked out here and said, you know, there's a lot of Canucks that might be available and threw out the name Thatcher Demko. The Toronto oh. Maple Leafs have enough cap room to add what was... <laughs> Before this year, thought of as one of the best young goaltenders in the National. Oh he's not that young. Goodness. I think he's 27 years old off the top of the dome piece. I might be wrong. Well, well, is, there a, is there a thought process in the Leafs front office that may include a name like Thatcher Demko as Matt Murray goes down? It, well, yeah, the reason I laughed is because they need, there's a debate going on. Do they need a forward? Do forward they need a defenseman? defenseman? Now, yep. now do they need a forward defenseman or a goalie? And I don't think it's crazy because I think part of the luxury of having Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov together was that the hope is that one of them would be cooking at the right time. Mm -hmm. But if Matt Murray is proving to be unreliable with his health, 
And that sort of opens the door up to just having Samsonov. And if Samsonov doesn't play well and Murray is hurt, you're in some big trouble. So I do think that if they look at Murray and they see how much he's been hurt, I don't think that's that crazy. Now, the, the, the question for me is, I know how great Thatcher Demko has been in his career. He's had a really bad year, and he's been hurt for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So do you want to use the cap space? Do you want to use the cap space that you have available on a goaltender in that spot? Million-dollar questions, Instead of Jesse. a forward or, or defenseman. Multi-million-dollar questions that I thought I would just throw out there. Let it marinate. That's Listen, if you don't like it, if you don't like it, you can throw it back. I'm okay with that. I just, I, the name popped into my head when I saw Murray go down again, and they could do it with the cap room that they have. And if it's not a defenseman, and how many goalies like Thatcher Demko come available in the National Hockey League? Not many. Just throwing it out there again. No inside information. Just putting two and two together and trying to come up with four. I think it would help Maple Leafs fans sleep better at night if they had a third option who's. At least well, think, proven in some respect. I think you probably have to trade one of those goalies to get the third option. Well, then at least two that are quote-unquote healthy and a little bit more reliable. Not to, you know, It's unfortunate no, 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 for Matt yeah, Murray. No, it's just I, a reality. Though. Now, Matt Murray has played very, very yeah. well, and yeah. Samsonov has played very, very well, but they both have histories of things. Mm-hmm. And one of the things for Matt Murray is that he get hurt, gets hurt a lot. Things. Even when he won a cup, yeah. he was hurt. And so, I mean, he won two of them, but it, when he won one of them, he was hurt. So there's, I kind of like that, actually, thing- <laughs> more I think about it. I'm just throwing it out there. Elliot Friedman on the show huh. poisoned my mind, and here we are. Huh. Speaking of goalies once again, uh, how about Matt Berlin? E-bug. <laughs> the e-bug is back in the National Hockey League. What a moment uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. And apparently this was the player's decision in this yeah, blowout loss. Yeah, what was very cool about that. Apparently Connor McDavid and the players turned to Jay Woodcroft and said, what do you think about getting them in there? Very cool. And uh, the e-bug, uh, Matt Berlin, thought they were... Like, this is the third string goalie at the University of Alberta, right? Like he, Your heart like, rate's got to be like 180. Yeah, he in played there, huh? in the WHL. Like, he's real deal as a junior, but he's the third string goalie at the University of Alberta. That is a, a national championship winning squad. I mean, let's be honest here. You and I both know how good the Alberta mm-hmm. Golden Bears are. Mm-hmm. However, that's their third string goalie. And to have him go into a game. And for those whining and complaining about how it was disrespectful to the Chicago Blackhawks, shut up. We're past that. Play better. Don't be down 7-3 where they can go put him into the game. That's a great story for a kid who is rather handsome, by the way. And, oh, okay. uh, yeah, did you see his post game? It was yeah. unbelievable. I, I he agree. handled I himself really, really well. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I would have yeah. passed out, for just being honest. Uh, <laughs> I am available, you to be, too. Yeah, I'm available. You to be, yeah. <laughs> uh, I could score on you in, like, uh, five of ten. We should do shots. that. We should do that. For so content. I don't know if you're good enough. I haven't strapped the pads on in, like, a decade, <laughs> but we'll, we'll do it sometime. I'm just chirping. Uh, all right, let's go to basketball. OG Ananobi will miss his second straight game tonight. I thought you'd get mad at that. No, I have no idea how I'd play. It's been a, a decade. Um, the Raptors continue their road trip in Phoenix. Ananobi injured his wrist in Friday's loss to the Warriors. But the Raps bounced back Saturday in Portland, beating the Blazers 123-105, thanks in part to a season-high 27 points and 13 rebounds from Precious Achua. Yeah, he's been playing well. Ooh, stringing together some nice games. Meanwhile, with the trade deadline 10 days away, the athletic Sham Serrania wrote today that the Raptors are viewed as the, quote, swing team in this year's market, according to Shams. Rival teams have been informed the Raptors will make a decision about being a buyer or seller or standing pat near deadline day. We've been talking about it a lot over the last few weeks. Do you have a better sense of which direction the Raptors are heading in? No, Sharon scared me. I thought we knew. 
I thought, I thought they were sellers. And I wonder if that conversation that you and I were talking about, this road trip, maybe meaning a little bit more than we thought it meant. Now, that could be just poker from Masai and Bobby Webster telling Shams that we're going to wait till the deadline, so if you want something now, you better pay up. But I, I'm confused. I don't know. I wonder if the Raptors are worried about their legacy. And I've been thinking about this for a while, and I know we're running out of time, but... You know, I keep saying culture, 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 and it's because I was around for the crap times, for the for the poop mm-hmm. before Kawhi mm-hmm. came, before Kyle Lowry and Pound the Rock and Demar Derozan. The Skydome games. It was yeah, it was year after year of absolute mediocrity. And if you move on from these guys, you're going to that. And if I were Masai and Bobby Webster, I'd be hesitant to. I'd be worried about that. I know you have. You've pieces. been saying that, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you have pieces, but I would be very worried about that. I have a little piece of breaking news with regards to Brock Purdy and the injury that he suffered. Adam Schefter reporting that Brock Purdy suffered a torn UCL that will sideline him six months per source. So back in the for game. those suggesting that he should have played through or could have thrown the ball more than he did, it appears he suffered a torn UCL that will keep him out six months. That's a tough injury. What do the Niners do with their quarterbacks? What a mess. Brock Vereen coming all hurt. We'll discuss with it. Like for oh. like a long time. Still, oh. going into next like year. If it, you would have thought, like, hey, you got Lance and Purdy who battle it out for the starter spot next year. Now it's Jimmy. Back to Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Brock Vereen's coming up. Donovan Bennett is coming up. Hour number two. Eric Smith, his thoughts on the Toronto Raptors as they approach the trade deadline. Sean Reynolds from Winnipeg. Renault Lavoie, all things hockey. And after the break, Brock Vereen. Former NFL player will join us and we will discuss all of these things on a busy Monday here on Tonight Friends. The Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won it. They're ahead my ass. Whoa, it's Mahomes out. Trent Jr. controlled Dan Fleet. Up top. Oh, a Chua. Impressive win. The crowd serenading. Let's go, Raptors. This probably is the, I would say, biggest victory in my life, considering the circumstances. Not Berlin. Looks like he's getting yep. set he's to getting come on the ice, and there he there is. It is right here. And I'll tell you what, this will be a story for the rest of his life. So are we for this NFC Championship. And here we go. Out of fake pressure coming. Purdy, deck. This ball is clearly hit. That is an open hand. That is a fumble, Kevin. Brock Purdy was warming up, Greg, and then it looks like he's saying here that he can't, he can't throw. He can't do it. Oh, my goodness. What a turn of events. Second down and five. Sanders gets it. Left side. Big room. And a touchdown for Sanders. His second going to be a party in Philadelphia tonight. The Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. Welcome to the AFC Championship game. It is a brutally cold night here in Kansas City. Is it there? End zone. Caught. Travis Kelsey with the touchdown on fourth and one. Here's the pass. Oh, what a catch. Leaping into the air and pulling it down is T. Higgins. On the run to the end zone, it's caught on his back. 
Valdez Scantling. Here's Mahomes rolling out on third and four. He's going to go for the ash. He's got the marker. He's got the out of bounds to stop it. And a flag's coming in to put him 15 yards closer. Here's Butker from 45 yards. All the way. It's good. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won it. Heading to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. Burrowhead my ass in Mahomes' house. The Chiefs are headed back to the third Super Bowl in four seasons. The Eagles back for the first time since the Philly special. I always feel special when former NFLer co-hosted that other pregame show on CBS Sportsnet. Brock Vereen joins us, which he does now. Let's go, Brock. How are we doing, sir? I am very well. Uh, I, I got to ask you, like, the one thing you can't believe today. I just said it's how good Patrick Mahomes is. And even <laughs> when the whole world knows, Travis Kelsey is still able to make an impact on a football game when he's the only dude out there that you got to stop. What's the one thing that has Brock Vereen still shaking his head uh, about 24 hours later? The fact that Patrick Mahomes is still the baddest man on the planet. Patrick Mahomes is better at playing quarterback than Floyd Mayweather is at boxing, than the best lawyer in the world is at getting their criminals free. He is that good. Now, I understand this. NFL, we are an impatient bunch. We always want the next new shiny thing. So the whole discourse of it's Joe Burrow's time, it's 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 the era of Joe Burrow. Pat Mahomes had his chance. No, 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 no. Pat Mahomes had to remind everybody, I am better at what I do than you are at whatever it is you do. What amazes me is you look at all of the playoff teams outside of the Ravens and the Giants. There is no other room worse in regards to running backs and wide receivers than the Chiefs. You would trade every other running back and wide receiver room for the Chiefs in, yeah. in, in a heartbeat. But it's, it's just the fact that it's Patrick Mahomes out there limping, no running game to speak of. And again, I understand that the Eagles should be the favorite going into this game, but Pat Mahomes is a different breed. A different breed indeed. I was saying that I thought, like, if he adds this, and listen, it's a big if, uh, started as a pick em. I think people are leaning towards the Eagles right now. Um, so the Eagles might be the favorites in this. But if he adds a second Super Bowl title, he'll have two MVPs, two Super Bowl titles, and my guy's just 27 years old. Like, that's just hard to argue. 27 years old to accomplish all of that. And mind you, again, this Chiefs team, is not just worse than the Chiefs team that won a Super Bowl. They are significantly worse than the team that won the Super Bowl. I'm right there with you. E e the Philadelphia Eagles have earned the right to be the favorite going in to this game. But if entering that fourth quarter, if it is a 10-point game or closer, I'm immediately switching to the Chiefs. <laughs> Galen Hurts has to be winning by 11 points or more entering the fourth quarter, or else the Chiefs will win another Super Bowl. Okay, we just gave the update before the break. For those who missed it, Brock Purdy torn UCL out six months and he went back into the game I know that's a mitigating factor to what transpired over the weekend but like I still think the Eagles are just a really good football team Brock 
They, they are. Now, would it have been more exciting if Brock Purdy was healthy throughout the whole game? Of course. Yeah. Did he deserve to cap off that miracle season with a win or either a respectful loss? Of course. It, it's it's so disappointing that what was a, a, a Disney movie in the making, it ended in a short way. Now, him going back in and, and playing tough guy, I get it. I understand it. At this point, hindsight is 2020. All that I care about is he heals up 100%, that he doesn't rush it, and maybe Trey Lance ends up being the guy going forward. I hope he does get a shot to be somebody's starter, probably not next year, but the year after. Okay, so I said this earlier, and I don't mind if you say that I, I might be smoking some good stuff here, Brock, but I said either Kyle Shanahan had, I think I said, had sex with the football god's significant other. That's right. <laughs> or he doesn't protect his quarterbacks well enough. Are, are, it, like, is there something to his game plans? And maybe I go back to RG3, and I was a fan of his, and I thought he was put in a tough position, and I've just been watching since. Like, that's Hassan Reddick on a tight end. Like, I, I, do, 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 does he need to do more, or am I just making something up here? And you were in the game. Kyle so Shanahan you know has has two blemishes. It's he's not great at holding leads in regards to losing the the Super Bowl to Pat Mahomes and that comeback victory. And of course, he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta when Matt Ryan and the Falcons blew it. Yeah to the New England Patriots, and keeping quarterbacks healthy. What he has, though, is the most quarterback-friendly system yeah. in the in, across the NFL. Tim, you could go back there and go and get <laughs> eight, nine wins. I, I, I promise you, it is, it is so simplified for the quarterback, yet complicated for all 11 on the defense. That is his genius. What he needs to do is realize... I had to play four quarterbacks this season. Something needs to change. Is he running the quarterback a ton? Not really, but clearly he's doing it enough. Clearly he's not respecting a dominant pass rusher enough because, what, Trey, Trey Lance had his thing. Jimmy Garoppolo ended up being, what, a broken foot. Josh Johnson getting, yeah. getting smacked around. And it... It, it has to be on Shanahan because the San Francisco offensive line is up there with the best of good. them. They're really good. You have to point to Shanahan. And, yes, the quarterback injuries and the fourth-quarter comebacks are the only blemishes on what is, again, the most quarterback-friendly system in, in, all, in all football. All right, so it's either Kelsey Bull or Andy Reid Bull, depending on how you look at it. I said before the break that uh, I, I thought that – Andy Reid was a better coach than a lot of people gave him credit for in Philadelphia. That said, does he have to win for his legacy to be cemented? I mean, the reason why he was let go from Philly was because he couldn't win the big game. And, you know, here he is. He's had a couple shots with this KC team, and he's only got one. Does he need one more at least? Yes, yes. Now, where is he right now in the echelon of Hall of Fame coaches? He's in a very high tier. If right. he wins this Super Bowl, okay, now he's in the Belichick tier, right? So, yeah, if he doesn't win this one, will he still be regarded as one of the best coaches ever? By most people. But it, he needs to win another one to where there's no debating it. It's Belichick. Maybe you have someone else in there. And then it's Andy Reid. He doesn't get a ton of credit offensively. He doesn't get a ton of credit defensively. But I can promise you from talking to people, 
people who have been in that room for a while, you would be shocked how he has his fingers over everything that goes on from kicking to defense to offense. He is a mastermind, and it's hard to root against the Chiefs because one, who hates Patrick Mahomes? And two, who hates Andy Reid? I don't care how big of a Philly fan you are. You can't hate him. He's so lovable. Yeah, I think there's still there's a Philly fan in this room flexing his muscles saying that he likes uh, <laughs> he likes his Andy Reid still. Uh, he passed Tom Landry, second most wins in postseason history. Landry has two Super Bowls. If he wins, he gets that second Super Bowl. So I'm right there with you. He's in that Belichick level if he ends up there. All right, I'm going to ask you one more. And that is, Brock, if you're in that locker room with Joseph Asai after that game, what do you say to that young man? Unfortunately, there's nothing to say that will prepare him for the onslaught of entitled fans that have Twitter and Instagram accounts. And what this has shown, I feel, is is the the lack of boundary between fan and the guy who was out there who made the mistake. We, we, we get into this mode where I'm a Cincinnati fan. I'm in the most pain in the world, and he's still a rich guy who gets to live out his dream. No, no, no. There's no way you are in more pain and distress than that guy is. All that to say, I hope the majority of his teammates, after they got over it, patted him on the back, say, hey, man, you did your best. I love you. Let's learn from this mistake. Let's go get them next year. But again, there's nothing that's going to be able to prepare him for, unfortunately, some real a-holes out there who are going to pass by him in Mexico or God knows wherever he vacations. Nothing can prepare him for that. But the bigger point is I'm sure Joe Burrow, being the leader that he is, shot him a text or something or will in the near future saying, shake it off, let's go get him next year. I say that they just travel with B.J. Hill. I don't know if you saw this post game in the scrum, but B.J. Hill just standing beside him, bouncing during his post game scrum. Uh, just the just the video alone was like, let me uh, yeah. let me check yeah. on what anyone's gonna say here. <laughs> I love this. I love it, and 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 you know what? Credit to him as well. A lot of guys would have showered and gotten the heck out of that locker room yeah. immediately yeah. saying, you know what, I'm not going to answer any of these questions. He stood there and he took it. Was it easy for him? No, he, he he can't even look anyone in the eyes right now. But credit to him for standing there and taking it because a lot of more accomplished people have bowed out in similar situations. Completely agree. Uh, a lot of guys, a lot of veterans just would have bounced before the media came. Uh, he took it. He answered the questions and good on him. So did you, Brock Vereen. We really appreciate you dropping by and doing this. Always fun talking football with you. Anytime, Tim. Appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Brock Vereen. Hey, when you're planning your next football viewing party with friends, be sure to try Pizza Pizza's new delicious flavors of hot wings, spicy miso teriyaki, and gochujang ranch. And vote for your favorite wing at hotwingsbattle.ca. I tried them before the show, Jesse. That is one spicy meatball. Spicy wing. Yeah, it's wing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. All right, on the other side. Novak Djokovic took home major number 22 to pull even with Rafael Nadal on the top of the men's all-time list. But what can that number get to in the coming years? We'll talk tennis plus a fitting end to the Dubai Desert Classic. That's all next on Tim and Friends Live Sports.
we have breaking news from the Vancouver Canucks. They have traded Bo Horvat after months of speculation and inability to get a deal done with their captain. He has been moved to the New York Islanders in exchange for Anthony Beauvillier. Atu Ratti, who is a prospect selected 52nd overall in 2021 and a first round pick that is protected. We'll get more information on what those protections are, but immediately this a bit of a head scratcher to fans in Vancouver who were hoping to get more for a guy that has scored a few goals for this team again breaking news last little while in fact tweeted out at 5:43 p.m. Eastern time the Vancouver Canucks have traded Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders in exchange for Anthony Beauvillier Atu Ratti and a protected first round pick first comment always gets me Buzz Bishop there sell the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right underneath our little graphic. You can see it. It peeked out at me. I had to read it because that happens oftentimes. So you see Bo Horvat right side of your screen. For those wondering, Aturate is a second-round pick in 2021, has spent time with both Bridgeport and with the New York Islanders, but hasn't found his spot. So you're getting, Jesse, correct me if I'm wrong here, mm-hmm. pick, prospect, and a player for Bo Horvat. Yeah, I, I have a lot. I have a lot of questions about this. Um, obviously, I think the the return is diminished because there's no assurances. You would think that Bo will resign in New York. Well, that was the part of the equation that we had heard over the last little while, and I just want to peel back that onion yep. a little bit before you go further because yep. it's a great point. We had heard that while they were resigning Kuzmenko that the Vancouver Canucks did not speak to Bo Horvat and his agent and there were no assurances given to teams that wanted to trade for Bo Horvat that they could speak to his agent Mm -hmm. before the deal was done. I hope that that was rectified. We'll ask someone who's been in on this for a while. I know Renaud Lavoie is scheduled to join us. We'll see who we end up getting here. But I I wonder if that actually happened because If it didn't happen, that's a miss in the Vancouver Canucks. They should have allowed, just like you're hearing about Eric Carlson in San Jose, for agent to go and look for a trade for his his client. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, it doesn't obviously feel like a lot. So that's what led me to that thought process is maybe they they felt that they had to trade him because they weren't going to re-sign him and he's just a rental. And that's the return that you're going to get for a rental despite the fact the guy has 31 goals this season. The Islanders now are two points out of a wild card spot. So they clearly think that with Horvat in the mix, they're going to be able to make a run for it. My next question is, where does he play? Yeah, I, right? I know Barzell's a center Barzell's too. Barzell's a but they're, center. They're, this is to get Barzell help. Yeah, I mean, Brock Nelson is, I guess, 1A and 1B are the, the, the two centermen for them. So does he go to the wing, Horvat, and, or does Barzell go to the wing? I guess Yeah, and power play time, you end up playing them together. But I think... You know, if, if you talk to enough people in and around hockey, they think that Barzell needs more help on the island, mm-hmm. and this was to get them. I mean, I don't know that a lot of people had the Islanders in the mix for Bo Horvat, yeah. and given that they have some strength in the middle, you would have to assume that someone's going to play some wing, and you're going to see a lot of power play time with those three guys on the ice because that's their firepower on yeah. the island. I have a couple quick uh, responses here to the tweet because you mentioned it's not yeah. going very well in no. the comment section. Dustin says, excuse me, 
the comments are starting. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed, they have. Uh, feels like not a lot. Uh, I'm not having fun anymore. Me, me watching this team. Mm -hmm. Says Edward. Uh, snaps. I don't like this trade. Austin trading your captain, but will be missed. I hope he's a great career with the Islanders. AJ, such a horrible return. I'm going to cry. Jim Benning 2.0, says Andrew. So there you go. So this is an interesting one. Things we'll continue to break quickly. it down here. <laughs> Again, Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Rate, who is a second-round pick uh, from 2021 and a protected first-round pick in 2023. We'll have to see what that is. I mean, it can't be lottery-protected if the Islanders do kind of bounce down instead of up. Could it be? Seems that way. All right, listen, uh, on the other side, we'll get plenty more on the Canucks trade of Bo Horvat. We'll visit with Sean Reynolds in Winnipeg ahead of the Blues and Jets, which is our Rogers Monday night hockey game. We'll see if Renault Lavoie can join us. We'll get, listen, we're gathering troops as this breaking news hits. Bo Horvat has been traded to the New York Islanders. This Now, time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Back here, hour number two on Tim and Friends. We have a full hour across the network with some breaking news. Hockey Central coming up at 7.30 Eastern. You're going to want to stick around for that. Even though there's only one game in the NHL tonight, we've got it right here on the network. The Blues and Jets, Rogers, Monday Night Hockey. Sean Reynolds, Renault Lavoie, Elliot Friedman now scheduled to join us. Donovan Bennett, Eric Smith all on the way. But we begin with that breaking news out of Vancouver. The Canucks announcing a short time ago they have traded their captain. Finally, Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders in a multiplayer deal. Horvat in the final year of his six-year $33 million deal. Couldn't get a new one done, so he's been involved in trade rumors all season Long. So the deal is Anthony Beauvillier at to Ratu and a projected 2020, excuse me, a protected, not a projected, those are different, <laughs> a protected 2023 first round pick. Beauvillier has one more year left on his deal at $4.15 million per season. So again, Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders where he will be paired with some pretty talented dudes and Matthew Barzell gets a little help. All right, we'll have more trade coverage coming up with Renault Lavoie in just a few minutes. And again, uh, I think Elliot Friedman has said yes <laughs> to us. All right, former NHL great and WHA trailblazer Bobby Hall passed away at the age of 84. The longtime Chicago Blackhawk, who also spent some good years in Winnipeg, grew up near Belleville, Ontario, before graduating to the St. Catharines Junior Program. But it was in the NHL where he blossomed, scoring a then-record 54 goals in a season in 65-66. Then a new record again with 58 a few years later. He went on to play eight seasons in Winnipeg, scoring a professional record 77 goals in 78 games in 74-75. And while Hull was far from perfect off the ice, Jets head coach Rick Bonus spoke about his impact on the ice earlier today. 
Well, we're here today because of Bobby's presence. Um, in 1979, when the world hockey came in, all of a sudden there's four teams that our league grew very quickly because of Bobby's coming here in 1972. So uh, his, his presence without the whole NHL and at that point the world hockey, but he, he helped grow the, the, the league to where it is today. Uh, by bringing in those four teams from the World Hockey in '79, and uh, and then the continued expansion after that, just an, uh, it's an unreal hockey player. It's obviously the stats will tell us speak for itself. A hockey Hall of Fame, just a great hockey player. But his his impact on our league is uh, is, is very obvious, and it's the growth of our league. He's, he played a big part in that. You have more on the breaking news in a flash. As mentioned, the Jets hosting the Blues in the lone game in the NHL tonight. Some teams enjoy their bye weeks leading into the All-Star game over the weekend. Jets have lost three straight, including an ugly shutout loss at home to the Flyers on Saturday. Tonight wraps up their unofficial first half with their next game coming 12 days away. So you know they'll want to go into the break with a win tonight. With more on the Jets, let's go and visit live with Sean Reynolds in Winnipeg. Sean, uh, rough last couple games for those Jets, huh? Yeah, you talked about that 4 nothing loss to the Flyers. I mean, it, it was rough. The game before that against the Buffalo Sabres, it was a 3-2 loss. So if you were just sitting on your couch, you know, on the East Coast and looking at the scoreboard, you wouldn't have thought it was bad. The Buffalo Sabres dominated. I mean, dominated the Winnipeg Jets. It looked like a senior hockey team playing a WHL team. It wasn't even close. This is a Jets team that earlier this season showed us when they play Rick Bonus blueprint hockey. They're one of the most fearsome teams in the entire NHL. That's not what we've seen over the last little while. They've lost five of their last seven games. The blueprint looks nowhere to be found. They look listless. They look uninspired. They're getting outskated by everyone who runs into the rink, and they've got the Blues come rolling in here tonight. They've lost four straight games. Maybe that should be some solace, but the Philadelphia Flyers came in having lost three straight games, so it seems like everyone right now that the Jets are playing are taking a piece out of them. Look, this was a time the Jets were supposed to make hay and jump up to the top of the Western Conference. They were facing 11 teams below the playoff line in their last 13 games. Well, it hasn't turned out that way. They've struggled against those teams below the playoff line and trying to put an end to that tonight against the Blues, Tim. Hey, Reynolds, I, I know we were talking Blues and Jets, but this breaking news, any buzz in the building about the, the Bo Horvat deal? And what was your initial reaction to hearing it? I was a little surprised to hear he moved that early, and I can tell you people in Winnipeg don't like that news. The Jets, if you take a look, go if you're sitting on your couch now, go look at Cap Friendly. They have all kinds of cap space right. heading into the trade deadline. The Jets probably were a team are a team that are going to be active and want to make a move, and Bo Horvat fit exactly what they were looking mm. to do. Uh, now I think you have to move on to next uh, options. You're talking about people like Jonathan Taze, maybe Ryan O'Reilly, who they won't get a look at here in the building tonight because he's injured but Horvat was a guy who has like a dominant nature to his game on a team full of guys who already have dominant natures in their game like Pierre-Luc Dubois and Mark Scheifele and the speed of Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers so adding another element like that to the Winnipeg Jets would have made them a really really dangerous team I can tell you the fans for sure are upset in Winnipeg to see him off the board I appreciate it, Sean. As always, uh, on the scramble drill that is breaking news, Bo Horvat going to the New York Islanders. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be watching. You bet. Thanks for having me. Uh, Jets and Blues coming your way. The lone game in the NHL tonight is also on Rogers Monday Night Hockey. Just getting word that Patrick Alvin will be speaking at 5.30 local time in Vancouver, so 8.30 Eastern time. 
check out Rogers Monday Night Hockey. They will have you covered uh, start to finish on the Bo Horvat deal like we do as we bring in another voice on our scramble drill as we move out of the pocket and into the fray. Renaud Lavoie, TVA, joining us here on Tim and Friends NHL Network. Renaud, are you surprised by this deal? Nah, surprise, not really, because when you think about it, Borovat uh, want to uh, leave the uh, Vancouver Canucks. And at the same time, the name of Anthony Beauvillier was out there uh, over the last few weeks. It was crystal clear that the Islanders uh, were ready to, uh, to trade him, to be honest. Uh, what I'm a little surprised is the fact that um, Aturati is involved in that trade. Why am I surprised? Well, if you look at the way he played at the World Championship, the World Junior Championship last year, three goals, seven assists in seven games. Uh, he's a centerman. Uh, he already played with the Islanders this year, played 12 games, two goals. Um, he's only 20 years old. So I was a little surprised that the uh, uh, Islanders were ready to, uh, you know, give a, a, a prospect like, like uh, him uh, to the Canucks, but at the same time, I, I'm pretty sure that they they feel good about uh, you know signing Borvat or having him for a few years with the team. So um, hopefully, it's going to turn the right way for the Islanders. But one thing for sure, Lula Lamoriello was out there. He wanted to make a move. I honestly believe it was for defensemen. Uh, that's what I was hearing since the beginning of the, of the month, and now we uh, he's getting a. A pretty uh, big piece uh, uh, coming from uh, the Vancouver Canucks. The uh, the response that we're getting, Renault, at least on Twitter, and oftentimes it can it can it yeah. can be very uh, it can be very heated. Is underwhelmed. I, I would guess, Jesse, that we're feeling like the Vancouver Canucks fans are underwhelmed by this deal. Are, are you a little bit more enthused with what they got in return? And I'm hearing big right time. now that it's it's a top twelve protected first overall our first round pick. To be honest with you, uh, if I was a Vancouver Canucks fan tonight, I'll be really happy. Obviously, and I'm just going to talk about it again, but Atu Raddy is probably someone that not a lot of people around the league knows. He's not a player that's been out there over the years, and I understand totally why, but he's a second-round pick in 2021. That wasn't long ago. He's already playing in the NHL. What, what else do you want? You have a good centerman coming. You have Anthony Beauvillier. Uh, I know um, he's struggling this year, only nine goals. I, I understand last year was not a good year for him. But I think it was time for him to, to change scenery, to, to get a new start, a fresh start. Um, and he's a proven NHLer. Uh, so Anthony, one year left in his contract. Uh, if you get Anthony... Um, uh, you know, uh, an ex if you have an extension with him uh, next season, I I'm pretty sure that he's going to produce. He's going to help the Canucks, and you get a, a first-round pick. Honestly, I'm not going to use the word a grand slam. It's not a grand slam, but it, at least in my mind, this is a home run for the Canucks. Yeah, pick prospect and player is the way that I put it. Um, yeah, you know, right I mean, off the top, and that, I mean, I don't know how much more you were going to get. Uh, for Bo Horvat. The one thing I exactly. wondered and Jesse wondered aloud and again this is breaking news so we're just kind of reacting to it uh, almost like fans from what you heard Renault, did the Canucks give teams the ability to talk to Pat Morris the agent for Bo Horvat and see if they could figure out a long term deal? That's that's key. Uh, no doubts about that. But if you look at the way that trade was put out I don't, I don't think it's a rental. 
I, I don't. I, it's not like the Islanders right now are, are fighting with the Boston Bruins for first place in the East, right? So my understanding is there's a good chance that he's going to sign an extension with the Islanders. I'm not 100% sure, but the way that deal was put out, I believe it, it, they, the Islanders feel really good about um, signing Bowl for a few years because otherwise you don't give that much. Honestly, for a rental player, that's not that's not the way you need to think, especially Lula Mariello. Um, he's one of the best GM around the league. Uh, he knows what to do, and he, he he's been around for a long time. And when when he's giving a first round pick, uh, a, a really good prospect, and a proven NHLer for Bo Horvat, because he's got a pretty strong idea that uh, Bo Horvat will stay with the Islanders over the few years. If not, well, that will be probably uh, his worst trade ever. I don't believe that Lula Muriello, uh today made his worst trade. All right, speaking of Lou Lamarillo, I, I got a little story here, uh, Renault, that you'll have to follow me on, and I don't know if you know this yeah. already. Go ahead. But in 2013, Lou Lamarillo uh, dealt for Corey Snyder, and he sent the yeah. first-round pick the other way. It was know. ninth overall. It ended up being Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat, Lou Lamarillo just <laughs> traded for Anthony Beauvillier, a first-round pick. And Atu Ratu. So it's crazy how the world comes full circle here as the Canucks deal Horvat to the Islanders. No doubts. And that's the beauty of it, right? Um, Like it's close to, what, 10 years ago that that trade was made. Uh, And today you're trading for the guy that probably you would have picked uh, at the draft. You know what? That's reality of uh, and the beauty of the NHL. That's that being said. Uh, But but, uh, you know, if I understand why Canucks, Canucks fans are, are a little disappointed. Probably they wanted to have Bo Horvat, and rightly so, uh, for the next few years with the franchise. But that being said, you need to get the maximum in return. And I, I believe that's what they, they have right now. Nice. You, you can be really, really sad about this situation, but it's not a good situation right now no. in Vancouver. No. Okay. And now you need to make the most of it. You need some fresh blood, fresh air. You need to. You need fresh ideas, and I, I think that's what the Islanders are getting right now. Yeah, without a doubt. And the Canucks, listen. And the Canucks. I, I was Sorry, say, Canucks. I was saying this too. Like the culture, what you do to the culture when you have a guy hang around who everyone knows is going to be traded is it, not good yeah. for. If you're going to keep some no. of these guys like Patterson and Hughes, which I think they're going to then you can't yep. have this hanging over them. It's just a terrible, terrible uh, exactly. situation to put them through. I, is this going to kickstart the trade market a little earlier in your mind, Renault, or is this just a one-off? I, I'll be honest with you. I, I believe that that type of trade would have happened probably three weeks ago. Yeah. I was a little surprised uh, by the fact that you know there was a lot of noise in, in, in a few places like Vancouver, Montreal, involving players that are going to be traded, and I, I, in my mind, it it was uh, easy to think that you know a bore that type of player could have been traded earlier in, in in January. But my understanding is Canucks management wanted to get the max in return. Right. Probably Beauvillier was discussed three weeks ago, for sure. If not. Because Bobby Day was out there for for a long time. Oh, wow! Yeah. But after that, after that, you're you okay? What about your first round pick? I I, I imagine the, the the Islanders were ready um, 
to to give their first round the round pick, but enter Raddy, and I'm I know I'm going back at him, but I believe that's probably what Lula Moriello had to give. Right, just another player here to make sure that everybody everyone will be happy uh, with this transaction uh, because getting a, a centerman 20 years old a guy who can score goals uh, who can produce offensively um, they are not easy to get I'm not saying he, he, he obviously is no Sidney Crosby all right no don't get me wrong right but if he can score 20 25 goals per season a 50 point type of a centerman I think Kenex fan Kenex fan will be really happy uh, Renault, always appreciate you doing this. Uh, more appreciative yeah. when, when news breaks and you're able to, to slide with us to that, uh, to that spot. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. All right, there is Renault Lavoie uh, from TVA and the NHL Network. Uh, for those wondering about, and listen, there's different pronunciations. It's spelled ratty. Uh, I believe it's atu ratu, mm-hmm. even though there's a Y on the end. I'm no Finnish major, yeah, 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 but I believe that's Ratu. Uh, so he played 12 games with the Islanders this year, just two goals with the big club. But this was a guy who was kind of, sort of, very highly sought after in his draft year. In fact, some thought he may have been going first round, maybe even top 10, mm-hmm. and then slid all the way to 52. Big centerman, he's six foot two. So that's what you're getting in Ratu, is what I think you and I are going with. Yeah. Ratu, Ratu. Yeah, there you go. It just rhymes. I, it, yeah, I think that might sway some Canucks fans' opinions. Obviously, there's a, an instant reaction, and a, a lot of times that's going to skew negative when you're giving away someone of the caliber of mm-hmm. Borvat. But nonetheless, uh, that's a return. That's pretty significant. Speaking I have an update. of that reaction. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have an update from Ian McIntyre on just okay. what's happening in Bo Horvat's world right now. He's at Disney World on vacation plan before he was voted an all-star, planning to fly to New York to meet the Canucks for Sunday night practice in Jersey. Now we'll turn the other way when he lands. Canucks visit New York uh, and Bo Horvat on Thursday. Yeah, That's they got next three Thursday. games in the New York, That's New Jersey next. area. So basically, he's not leaving Vancouver. After the bye and the All-Star, of course, the Vancouver Canucks play the Islanders on Thursday, February the 9th. I wonder what ride he was on at Disney World when he found out that he got traded. It's a uh, small world after yeah. all. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, John writes in and says, this is response we just asked. Uh, what Canucks fans thought of the deal. No strong thoughts on the trade. That being said, the fact that Canucks dug themselves this hole in the first place is infuriating. Feels like the past few seasons were utterly wasted. Jay, depends on if Bo resigns with New York. Not bad for the Canucks. He said you should have kept Bo and let Miller walk Bingo. last offseason. Not the only person to suggest that. Well, that's uh, the problem here, right, is that Canucks fans are saying, what was the last 12 months for? Because you didn't get him re-signed, you re-signed JT Miller, now you're pushing retool, rebuild, whatever the bleep you want to call it. Mm -hmm. JT Miller would be the guy that you probably would have traded last year at this time, and you didn't pull the trigger on it. And and probably would have gotten just as much of a return. And so the frustration isn't necessarily Atu Ratu or Anthony Beauvillier or a top 12, which is kind of sort of funny, protected first-round pick because the Islanders currently would be selecting 13th mm-hmm. overall if they landed in their slot. Like, there's just a lot of things here, and it's not necessarily just this deal, this day, that return. We'll break into all that with Elliot Friedman, who will join us coming up next. Tim and friends with more feedback from you and reaction from the experts on the Bo Horvat deal to the New York Islanders. Stay with us.
breaking news on this Monday edition of Tim and Friends as if we didn't have enough to talk about it. Vancouver Canucks have traded Captain Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders in a multiplayer deal in exchange for El Capitan. The Canucks received forward Anthony Beauvillier, center Aturatu, and a protected 2023 first round draft pick. We'll get more on that from Elliot Friedman coming up in a flash. Canucks general manager Patrick Alvine will meet with the media to address the move at 5.30 local time tonight in Vancouver. That's 8.30 Eastern, and you can catch it streaming live on sportsnet.ca and or Rogers Monday Night Hockey. Joining us now, the aforementioned Elliot Friedman, he of 32 Thoughts fame. And Elliot, what a day here. The Horvat deal is made. Does it surprise you, the Islanders, and what do you think of the return? No, it did not surprise me. The Islanders surprised me. The timing, I, I didn't see. We mentioned on the pod this morning that there was a belief that the Islanders were in it and in it big. So I'm not surprised at that. I, I am surprised at the timing. I had no idea it was going to be today. Um, you know, I, I think that I think it's a big relief to Horvat. Uh, I, I think that it, there had def- definitely been an exhaustion there with the way everything had played out. And I think he's very happy that it's over a lot quicker than it could have been over. Uh, I'm I'm interested in hearing Patrick Alvin later. You know, Beauvillier, and to me, the the key to this deal is aside from the draft pick, obviously, which is protected top twelve okay. this year. Uh, the, the obviously the big key is, is Ratu. Like Vancouver's looking for young players who are ready to play. Ratu is a guy who's ready to get an extended look at the NHL level. I think. He's a talented guy. If you remember his draft, he slid. And the Islanders were really credited with uh, getting a quote-unquote steal, getting him where they got him. So I I think he's the guy a lot of people are going to be curious about. Um, As for Beauvillier, I'm curious to see what the plan is there for Vancouver. He's got one more year under contract and he's an unrestricted free agent. I'm curious to see if this is a if this is a trial run for the Canucks uh, to to see him for a year and a half and see what they like and what their plans are for him. But there's there's no question. Vancouver said they're looking for young players that they can put into their lineup, and the guy who really fits the description of that in this deal is uh, Ratu. And I'm sorry, I was in the middle of dinner when this happened, so I'm like <laughs> picking pasta out of my teeth. <laughs> uh, you're good. You're always good for each pick yeah. prospect. And a player, the player, Beauvillier, is 25 years old, for those wondering out there. Um, The one part of this I wonder is, do the Islanders now have the inside track on Bo Horvat? And did teams looking to acquire Bo Horvat have the opportunity to talk to his agent, Pat Morris, before this deal was done? Like, was there the ability for the Canucks to kind of leverage maybe a long-term deal in this? Well, let me answer all those all that separately. Number one, I, I would be surprised if the Islanders aren't going to extend them. I, I do. I, I like. I just don't think Lou Lamorello makes this trade without thinking that he can get an extension right. done. And don't forget a couple of years now. Did he have permission? I don't have. Like, we believe that the Canucks were not going to give permission. They had indicated they were not going to give permission. <laughs> Did that change in the last twenty four hours? I'm not sure. Right. But the bottom line is we're five weeks to trade deadline. Lamorello has term. Don't forget when he traded for Pajot a couple of years ago, he got an extension done, although I think in that case he had permission to do it. Uh, just 
I don't profess to know what Lou Lamorello was thinking, but if you look <laughs> at his history, I would be shocked if he would have paid this price for a rental. I think he believes he's getting him extended. And the only question is when he's going to announce it. Maybe he won't announce it until July, but uh, I, I got to think he's going to get it done. What do you think that number is for Bo Horvat? That's a great question. Um, I think the market is eight times eight, but I, I don't know. I don't think the Canucks ever got close to there. Um, what number makes Horvat happy and what number makes the Islanders happy? Uh, I can't I can't say for sure. But, I, you know, I mean, his market is eight times eight. Okay. So let me ask you one more. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but if the Islanders go the other way and it falls into a top 12 pick, which is kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, they're, they're slotted 13th if they were to finish the season right now exactly yeah. where they are, which probably won't happen. But what happens if it is in that top 12 spot? Does it just move uh, back a year? Uh, it slides to next year, yes. Right. And is it still yeah. protected the next year? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, you know what, Tim? Just show some viz while I, I'll go and I'll check the message oh, nice. uh, on my uh, phone. We'll, we'll throw some video up of uh, okay. Anthony Beauvillier, perhaps Bo Horvat, playing some hockey, and he shoots and he scores, and Elliot Friedman uh, lifts up the phone and moves it around and checks uh, whether or not this would be uh, protected beyond this year. Because I think that's where Vancouver Canucks fans are. They want the highest picks that they can possibly get. Top 12 mm-hmm. protected. Did you get the information, Elliot? I, I, I'm under the impression, again, Everything is is flying fast right now. But I run. I was the first note I got was that it's unprotected next year. Unprotected. If 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 it's not if it's not taken this year. Right. Understood. So does this kickstart something here, Elliot, or is this Vancouver just getting some business done because everyone in the world knew that they kind of had to get this business done? Well, well, I think it signals uh, where everything's going here. I think they've you know they've established their core. It's it's going to be. Uh, Pedersen, it's going to be Kuzmenko, it's going to be Hughes, barring like a major change there. <laughs> it's, I, I, I just did a radio hit in Vancouver. I should have mentioned Miller. I didn't. Um, I, barring a major change there, it's going to be Miller. And then after that, we'll see where it all falls. I mean, um, there's, there's going to be, they're going to have talks about Demko and what the market is for him. They're going to have talks about Myers and what the market is for him. And I'm a Myers fan. I, I do think there is interest there. I just think the question is, does it come before or after his bonus is paid this summer? Um, and I think that, I, you know, Luke Shen, obviously another guy who I think there's quite a bit of interest in as a rental. Um, and I think I think this starts it. This is a – the Canucks have picked who their core is more likely than not going to be, and now we're going to see what happens around them. It's very hard to discuss uh, the Vancouver reaction to this because this may be the toughest hockey market in the entire world. But the debate right now, Frege, is you mentioned Miller's going to be one of their guys moving forward. A lot of mm-hmm. fans are, if you had made this deal last year, you could have done it with Miller and you could have gotten more for Horvat and Miller and or kept Bo Horvat. I- I- is mm-hmm. that... Hindsight 2020, did Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin make a mistake here in the timing? Were they asked to give more time to this 32, you know, 15 and 10 squad that finished out the year under Bruce Boudreaux? Like, that's the part that's tough to swallow for Vancouver fans right now. Oh, I understand that all. And look, I, I, like, I understand why Horvat would be upset at all of this. I mean, what did, what did he ever do wrong? All he ever did was represent the uh, Vancouver Canucks extremely well. He was their captain. He played hard. There's there's not a whiff of scandal attached to his name. 
I mean, I, I've got to think on some level he's upset about all of this. I'm probably glad it's over. <laughs> the way I look at this is, we look at it is this, Tim. I last summer at the draft in Montreal, I remember I said they're going to get Horvat done, and Miller will likely get traded. And a month and a half later, the exact opposite happened. They got Horvat, they got Miller done out of nowhere, and eventually they traded Horvat. I think this. I think they tried to sign Horvat. I think Horvat felt that they were not giving him uh, a, a, an offer that was close enough to his market value. I think he and his representatives felt that he was being lowballed, and he decided to bet on himself. And it's not quite Aaron Judge's 62 home runs, which might go down as the greatest contract season ever. But Horvat had he, he's done his job. He's yeah. had an unbelievable contract year, and I just don't think the Canucks were going to go to what he was going to get. And Bull Horvat bet on himself. The Canucks weren't willing to make that bet, and that's why I think everything flipped. And, you know, we'll see where this goes for years to come, but you know that Horvat's going to be motivated to show that they made a mistake. All right, priorities here, and this is why this is the last question. Does Bo Horvat play for the Pacific at the All-Star game? Yes, yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, yes, he, he plays for the Pacific. All right. I, uh, I, I, I would sound a little funny, though, to hear representing the Pacific Division from the New York Islanders. <laughs> Bo Horvat, yeah. I, I wondered Horvath. if maybe he switches up. Do we do a trade here? Yeah, what was it, with a patch on his jersey? <laughs> yeah, the patch on the jersey. Do? Does that become the Islanders? Yeah. Like, there might be maybe. some fun stuff to go through here. You know what would be good is if, like, he does a double agent move and in the game, in a tie game, he turns around and shoots on his own back and scores. So, so yeah. the Pacific, see you later, Connor and Leon. Sucks to be you. If the Pacific plays the Atlantic, you better watch out, Connor. Uh, Leon, have an eye on that kid. Uh, appreciate you doing this. No, this is breaking news. Uh, I hate to tear you away from the pasta, but I do appreciate you doing it. Past it too. My pleasure, Very Tim. Nice. There is uh, Elliot Friedman with some combed hair here on Tim. You know it's a big day Dapper. when Elliot Friedman combed his hair mm-hmm. for our segment here on Tim and Friends. It must be an important dinner. Or, or an important dinner, yeah. Or, yeah. I thought it was because he was coming on the show. Well, Thanks I, for killing it, I, but no, whatever. No, he, did, you're yeah. probably right. No, he, he probably did comb it right before he came on. No, you're right. I, I destroyed your joke. Yeah. All right, on the other side, Donovan Bennett will come in studio. Listen, we're going to flip gears here. We, we will get back to some Bo Horvat talk. But as the Canucks start to move on, are the Toronto Raptors next? Their deadline is even closer. There's too much going on. Donovan Bennett, Eric Smith, we will talk Raptors who face the Suns tonight. Next on Tim and Friends. I won't pass that. This is game two of a season-long seven-game road trip. Lock in, stay positive, don't let your guard down. And OG goes down. Holding on to his left wrist. Don't want to see this. Curry. And the three is good. We knew what we were coming up against. Curry gets in and lays it up and through. We know it's coming at you fast. Marvelous night for the Warriors. I get to go from Steph to Dame, so... Welcome to my life in the NBA. Precious Achua in the starting lineup because OG Ananobi is out. The denial up top. Oh, Achua! Playing with energy, he's playing within himself. Just coming out defensively, bringing energy to the game. Impressive win. Big time performance. There's no nights off in the NBA. Get ready to lace him up Monday night, try to get another one. 
All right, so the seven-game road trip starts with wins in Sacramento and Portland, a loss in Golden State. I've got a win. Donovan Bennett is in studio. Does this at all change Masai and or Bobby Webster's opinion of what they're doing at this deadline? Donovan Bennett, no pressure. I don't think so. No? No, I don't think so. I, I listen when Masai speaks. Yeah. And in the bubble, he said, playing for what? Right. And I think... That's still the same MO, no? Is that like turned down for what? But I, different? I, I said that and I heard the beat <laughs> drop in my head. So did I. Yeah, all three of us? Okay. Yeah, I was, understood, yeah. yeah. Um, Play down for what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think so. Listen, I think the, the taste of both the president and the fan base has changed. Yeah. And they're only sipping champagne now. And so every move for me, and I'm interested to hear what the guy around the team believes, Eric Smith, every move to me is this, does this get us closer to a championship? And you know sometimes in life yeah. you need to take a step horizontally or backwards yeah. to go forward. And so I think Masai is just a patient running back, waiting, seeing what hole emerges. Uh, and then if he has to, it's BYOB. Bring your own blocker, and we're just going right. to blow up trade deadline. We're going to see if he's got Nate Newton in front of him, right. yeah. or he's got uh, a beat-up uh, Cincinnati Bengals line in front of him. And then he has to uh, beat Natron Means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just busts through things yeah. on his own. Uh, we have these little things in our ear that call IFBs, and sometimes the producer talks to you uh, when we're doing the show. And I said, uh, play down for what? And all I heard was, yeah, the old guy, eh? <laughs> all right, fine. What producer was that? <laughs> Thomas Tommy oh, blowing me up. And, all right, John, let's bring Eric Smith into the conversation. Uh, he's younger than me as well. Smitty, what's going on, buddy? How are you, man? All good, fellas. How you doing? Uh, we're, we're good. I guess we got to continue the conversation because Donovan brought it to you right away. Do you feel like this seven-game road trip has any say in what Masai and Bobby do moving forward? I you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna split hairs a little bit on what Donovan said because I agree with him, and it, it's been it's been used a lot. And he's right. Masai did utter those words, playing for what? But I think the challenge right now is trying to figure out which is the real team. Is the real team the one that we saw last year that won on the tear that was top four, top five in the Eastern Conference, albeit bowing out in the first round? Is it the team that I think all three of us and Jesse included, and let's include most of the audience, I think felt going into this year? Oh, this was a 48-win team last year. This was a uh, you know top five seed, top four seed. They're going to be at least that this year. We're going to take a, a step up. We've got the rookie of the year, et cetera. So there was a lot of optimism, and they sputtered. Now, did they sputter because of injuries? Yes, in part, but it's not just the injury bug. So which is the real team? So as much as we were talking about playing for what, I would also harken back to another old-school tune then and say, would the real blank please stand up with the real toronto raptors please stand up which one is it last year or this year and i think that's where the question then and the decision becomes challenging what do we really have and are we prepared to blow it all up and start again or if we're not blowing up is a tweak enough and i'm a firm believer that this team still does have talent but it's a matter of the records not showing it so i'm real hesitant to start just sending people off i think if you're going to make those decisions you maybe do some of that stuff or more of that stuff in the offseason when the dust is settled and you truly do know what you have or don't have based on how the entire season played out. I love it because we're just spitting lyrics right now. So in that <laughs> vein, I see this as we don't believe you. You need more people, right? Or as the infamous Mob Deep said, 
There ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Mm. And, and oh, I, I ask, because this is what I'm thinking, Eric. You're trying to evaluate which team are you. And I almost think what we're seeing in basketball is the opposite, what we see in real life. The expansion of the middle class. On top of you, you have yeah. Milwaukee, you have Boston, the standards in the east. And sadly for our friend Wayne Casey, you have Detroit at the bottom. Everyone else, I think, the Raptors have stayed the same. The East has gotten better. New York gets Jalen Brunson. The Cavs, who were in that conversation, yeah. they go get Donovan Mitchell. And I think maybe it, the Raptors aren't worse on paper. They're worse relative to the rest of the conference. With that in mind, do you think there is enough in this core? Do they have enough people, an A-list star or stars, to be able to be in the conversation in the next couple of years? Um, listen, A-list star, I think there are only a handful, Donovan. And again, I'm not trying to split hairs with you. I think there are a handful of A-list stars in the NBA period. Do they have stars? I think Pascal Siakam is a star. I think Pascal Siakam's among the top 20, 25 players in the game. Uh, I think you have a potential star in Scotty Barnes. And you've got some good pieces around those guys, however long they're around, in a Gary Trent who's going to be a free agent. And Fred Van Vliet, who we assume is going to opt out of his player uh, option and become a free agent as well. So you have some building blocks. Um, are you at the top of that tier? Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo? No, you're not. But not many teams are. Like even even New York. And again, guys, the record says what you are. I agree with that. And and I'm not I'm not here to convince you otherwise. But I would still look down at paper and go, do I want Toronto's roster or I want do I want New York's roster? I would still take Toronto's roster, but I would take the Knicks record right now. They've played better this season. But at the beginning of the season, even midway through, I would still look down and say, I would take what Toronto has versus what New York has. Now, that's just me. I'm not saying I'm right. I don't know if you guys agree or not. So I think Toronto, to your point, Donovan, is in that middle class. The difference is, though, the middle class, I think, is, what, five, six, seven, eight teams? It's not just two or three. It's a large middle class right now. Yeah, Yeah, it's the East and the entire West. It's the entire league. Yeah, yeah, it's almost the entire league. Yeah, worse now with playing games. See, this is the thing, Tim is I see OJ and Obi. Yeah, you could trade him, but does he become T-Mac somewhere else? Is Pascal that guy, or is he just putting up all yeah. pro numbers on a bad team? Is Scotty sealing Sean Marion, yeah. or is he sealing a shorter Giannis? But this is like, this is the, fr- like, just friends talking here about basketball. This is what we've been saying the whole time. Like, is pa- Pascal's an all-NBA player? Yes. That means he's a top 15 player in the league. But is he the guy that can be the lead dog on a championship-winning team? Is there a dude that can make the jump from what Scotty Barnes was in year one to making this team the team of you know, uh, Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace, the all-stars in, and, and the answers are undetermined, but as of right now, looking at the standings, the answer is no. They're not can those guys. An, can I give you an example? And this might be a stretch. Again, check me if I'm wrong. Right. Let's go back a couple of seasons ago to a Raptors team without Kawhi Leonard and without Danny Green, who had the number one record in the NBA, who was among the top three, four teams for the entire season, who then when the world shut down was waiting to sit atop, who was you know a, a game seven away from maybe going back to a conference finals again. You had an aging Marc Gasol and, and Serge Ibaka as a veteran piece. You had obviously still a vet piece in Kyle yeah. Lowry, but you had these young up-and-comers, these these sort of complementary pieces, Pascal Siakam, mm-hmm. and obviously Fred Van Vliet, 
OG Ananobi, who really wasn't a part of the championship year because of the appendectomy and the injuries and the yeah. personal issues he had that year. He wasn't a part of that team. So if you can look at that, maybe, Tim and Donovan, as could that be the blueprint? Yes, you had stars, all-stars, but did you have a superstar? No. So can you complement this roster with the right people? No, Kawhi wasn't there. I'm talking about, right? He was yeah, gone. Yeah. And this team was still right back there at the top of the mountain kind of. and came that close. Yeah. You know, again, before the world shut down, again, yeah. before they came back in the bubble yeah. and ultimately yeah. didn't get through. Yeah. Can you get back to that point? That, to me, is where the ceiling might be at for the team right now, unless they can strike iron and find that star that's out there for Masai and Bobby to go up and grab like they did with Kawhi. Yeah, I just wonder I, if the I difference just don't think is... I'm in teardown mode. Yeah, but, I know, um, and I just feel like the difference is Kawhi, but we never got to see it. Sure. And that's kind of what Masai and Bobby, they've never really been able to see. Precious starts playing well off the bench. The bench becomes better. Chris Boucher seems like he can't play unless Precious is out there. And then all of a sudden yeah. Boucher's there. Like, it's just, there's a bunch of little things, but in the end... They've got to determine whether they're good enough or not, and that remains the question. The million Can I say one quick thing? I know you got to go faster. Yeah. I know you got to go. We got to go. The history of the league, the history of the league is middle class for the most part. Less than half of the league has won the NBA championship. Right. Now, the Raptors are in that upper half now, but the less than half of the league has ever won a title. So it's, it's a grind, man. It's yeah. a grind to find that star, that difference maker. And only uh, since 1979, I keep using this stat, only three teams have won a title without an MVP future, uh, current, or past on their team. And that was the Raptors. Kawhi could have been an MVP if he had played the entire year. And the two Pistons teams, the bad boys, Isaiah Thomas was pretty good, never won an MVP. And then that Pistons team that I just mentioned. Uh, Smitty, always great talking basketball with you. It feels among friends. Thanks for doing this, man. Thanks, folks. See ya. Uh, there is Eric Smith. And every once in a while, Donovan, when I'm doing this show, uh, Jesse Rubinoff smiles at me like he's got something. Do you have something, Jesse, or is that... Oh. This is the old guy for what? That Dobby man. He wasn't uh, saying Are you old. saying that's he me? He's... No, no, no. Are you he, saying that's me? What are you thought, saying? You thought Dude. that Dobby Dude. was calling you the old man for what? He meant this old man. Play him for what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Game time. Let, let him go. Oh. Size voice over that. All right, our Monday tip of the cap goes to Purdue Center Toronto native Zach Eady. The seven foot four junior is crushing the NCAA under his mighty hands. He had a career high 38 points to go along with 13 rebounds as he led the number one Purdue Boilermakers to a win over Michigan State on Sunday. My guy playing with a Canadian Maple Leaf on his chest yeah. underneath the uniform is putting in work. He could be wearing one in Paris, too. Yeah, I think he'll also be wearing one when he accepts the National Player of the Year award. Mm. Uncle Timmy spitting fire. All right, uh, Donovan Bennett in here, along with Jesse Rubinoff. Game day starts here on Tim and Friends. We've got a lot for you coming up, including the Jets and the Blues. It is the lone hockey game tonight. It is on Rogers. Monday night hockey, bunch of basketball for your viewing pleasure, including the Warriors and Thunder on Sportsnet now. That one should be fun. All right, I said it. Blues and Jets coming up on Rogers Monday Night Hockey. But, of course, the big news in the hockey world, the Canucks have traded Bo Horvat to the Islanders. For more on that deal, let's check in with David Amber and the Monday Night Panel. Folks. 
Tim, Rogers Monday Night Hockey is getting set for the Jets and the Blues in a frigid Winnipeg. Uh, but the big story right now coming out of Vancouver, the trade of their captain, Bo Horvat. Uh, great season for him. 31 goals, tying a career high. The Canucks picking up Anthony Bavillier, 25-year-old forward. Uh, Atu Ratti, you might not know so much about him. The Finnish center, second-round pick back in 2021. 12 NHL games under his belt. And a conditional, and that's important, conditional first-round pick. Top 12 protected, so they will not be getting Connor Bedard, at least not with the Islanders pick. A lot to sort through with Keith Gandel, Anson Carter, and Cassie Campbell-Pascal. Let's start with you, Cassie. Your thoughts on the trade. Well, I think for Vancouver, you needed to get that first-round pick. That was first and foremost, and it is conditional. It'll move to 2024, potentially, depending on where these teams end up. You, you look at a guy like Raddy, 6'2", 188 pounds, a little slender, just 20 years old. But this is a prospect that drives the middle lane, likes a net front presence. I would have liked to see Vancouver maybe get a defenseman back in return. You know, the Islanders don't necessarily have that type of prospect. Uh, and for Beauvillier, he's more of a Rick Tockett type player. He's a two-way guy. I've liked his success a little bit more offensively in the playoffs than I have during the regular season. But if he can fit in in the Vancouver Canuck uniform, and if not, they can trade him for another asset next year. So there's still some flexibility with well, that. You mentioned Rick Tockett now taking over the reins there for that coaching staff in Vancouver. They want to quiet the waters a little bit. And Bo Horvat was that cloud that was hanging over their heads. They're not quite sure what was going to happen to him moving forward. For this coaching staff now, Jans, they know the group they're going to have moving forward. And also from the Islanders' perspective, the East is so tight. You just, just get in. Yep. All you do is get in. If you get in, there's every possibility in the world that you could make a quick run, a long run in the postseason. Yeah, and I can tell you that no one will want to play the Islanders in the playoff. They're so good defensively. But for me, this trade does not make sense if they can't re-sign Bo Horvat. They need to get that done. And knowing Lou and how he crosses his eyes and dots his T's, Something like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know he's he's got the deal probably uh, ready to go, ready for Bo to sign. So I think uh, I think for them, if they get him signed and make playoffs, that's a great deal. Certainly changed the complexion of this Islanders offense. 25th currently in goals per game. Bo Horvat, a big addition there. Uh, and get the popcorn out, Tim, because on February 9th, not too long away, we're going to see Bo Horvat and the Islanders at home against this former team, the Vancouver Canucks. Monday, uh, Rogers Monday Night Hockey, though. We're getting you set, remember, for the Jets and Blues. That's coming up. Dot your T's. Get the Dot them up. Dot them up. Let them eat. Let them eat. <laughs> that full circle from Anson Carter kind of sort of also applies to Lou Lamarillo, who, remember Gary Bettman, you're going to want to hear this. You remember that? That was Corey Snyder, Lou Lamarillo, picking him up for a first-round pick. Crazy. Vancouver used that first-round pick <laughs> on Bo Horvat, who they trade back to Lou Lamarillo. So I think you're going to want to hear this. <laughs> that's, that's really good. February 9th, can't come soon enough. That's an NBA trade deadline too, right? Oh, yeah. my goodness. That is going to be a Hello. very busy day. Yeah. Uh, for Donovan Bennett, who stops by and we always appreciate him for doing it. Jesse Rubinoff, I'm Tim McAuliffe saying that does it for us. Hockey Central with David Amber coming up 7.30 Eastern time. They will break it all on down as Bull Horvat has been traded to the New York Islanders. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, hopefully. <laughs>